What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, episode number 28 of the show. My name is Ryan. We got a great episode for you guys today. Sports world is on fire as of recently. Things are starting to cool off, but the NBA finals just finished up. We'll give you our thoughts on that. Stanley Cup final is underway in full swing. Game three coming up here shortly after we record this episode. It's going to be a solo episode for me. We'll also talk about some college baseball, talk about other stuff. We have another baseball show. If you guys didn't know, Between the Stitches, check that out. New episode coming out at the same time. And Steph Curry, by the way, is not even close to a top 10 player all time. So don't even think about trying to make that argument for me. But we got a good episode, 28, phenomenal fan podcast. Let's just jump straight into the action. The Phenomenal Fan Podcast, a podcast by the fan for the fan. Welcome back in, everybody. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. We are here for episode number 28 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Steph Curry is not top 10 all time. I'll tell you why here in a little bit. But first, and more importantly, generally speaking, the NBA Finals is, was, are, complete. It's done. The Golden State Warriors 2021-2022 champions. How did they do it? Steph was hurt at the end of the year. Clay Thompson missed two full seasons. Draymond Green hurt for a lot of the year. Been saying it from the onset, guys. From the onset, those three guys healthy together on the court playing at the same time is borderline unstoppable. You can't, you can't beat the, the Warriors when you have those three guys healthy playing basketball on the court. Warriors in six. They take down Boston in Boston. 103 to 90. They cover the spread. Steph puts up a hefty 34 points. Seven rebounds. Seven assists. Another bad game from Jason Tatum. Six for 18 from the field, 13 points. Jalen Brown led the Celtics in scoring with 34 in game six. And one thing this certainly does solidify is the legacy of the Golden State Warriors. 
There's been a handful of dynasties in the history of not just the NBA, but sports. And this is certainly one of them with four championships in eight seasons. But, actually, before I get into the but, I don't want to, uh, no pun intended there either, by the way, but before I get into the reasons or the other subject, I guess, that we wanted to talk about, this is nothing to take away from Golden State. Excellent basketball team, steps, arguably, most people would agree, the best shooter of all time. And some people were arguing towards the end of this NBA finals and the performance that Steph Curry was putting on. He wins his first ever finals MVP, which was, I guess the last check check mark on his list. So he wins his NBA Finals MVP. He wins his fourth NBA Finals. He's super emotional after the game. Legacy submitted, blah, blah, blah. Of course, he's a Hall of Famer. Of course, he's all these other things. He just shoots the ball all over the place. But a lot of people started to talk about how Steph Curry is in the conversation to put to, to find himself in the top 10 in the history of the NBA. And I will, I promise you, I promise you, I will be the first one to tell you this. Maybe not the first. Okay. But I'll be the one to tell you. Steph Curry is not a top 10 player all time. And that is no disrespect to the incredible accomplishments of Steph Curry's career as a basketball player. First all time in threes, passes Ray Allen, has the most consecutive gains made with a three-pointer, The list goes on because he is the greatest shooter of all time. But if you go down the list of most people's top 10 players of all time, it'll feature guys, of course, like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Magic, Kareem, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, Shaq, Kobe. You could literally go probably 15 deep, in my opinion, before Steph Curry starts to even consider himself in that conversation. Kevin Durant, better than Steph Curry. Now, everybody's going to see this and hear this and go, what the fuck? Kevin Steph Curry, MVP. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. I know, I know, I know. I know. I get it. I know. He has two MVPs. But Steph Curry 
wouldn't be as successful as he has been from behind the three-point line if he wasn't surrounded by a really solid supporting cast. That's nothing to take away from Steph Curry as a shooter. But the reason he's open a lot of the time is because other players have to guard his teammates. When you go down this list, whatever your list is at the top 10, and you say the guys like I mentioned, all of them, by the way, would absolutely destroy Steph Curry if they played one-on-one. And when you talk about the greatest basketball players of all time, it doesn't seem like a great argument, but at the end of the day, it has to be a point of emphasis when you discuss top 10 players ever. How will this guy be one-on-one with the basketball in his hands against his opponent? Because if it's one-on-one at the end of the game, and I need a bucket, like I need, this ball has to go through the hoop. Two points minimum. I'm picking LeBron over Steph, Shaq over Steph, Tim Duncan over Steph, Wilt, Michael Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, all those guys. I'm picking all those guys over Steph Curry. That doesn't mean Steph Curry can't put on a good move and throw up a three-point shot. But if you give the ball to Shaquille O'Neal at the top of the key, one-on-one against any other center, maybe in the history of the league, he's going to score. You put Steph Curry one-on-one against Shaq, not going to score. At least at the rim. He'll probably outshoot him, but my point is there's more to the game of basketball than just being able to shoot the ball really well. It's become a huge part of the game. Steph Curry has absolutely revolutionized the value of the three-pointer. No doubt. He's changed the sport, arguably for the better. Some people would say for the worse. I don't really know which side I'm on with that because it's not quite as entertaining, in my opinion, to see guys just go down the court, pass it around a couple times, shot clock runs down. Three-point shot, jack it up and miss or make i don't know and i think steph would blow by shack in some ways right <laughs> but you cannot put a guy like steph curry in the top 10 in the history of the nba It's like putting a baseball player in the top 10 in the history of baseball because he got a lot of base hits. Singles. That's really important. It's good that he got on base a lot and got a lot of singles, but that's not the only part of the game. You need to be able to hit for power. You need to be able to play defense. You need to be able to, you need to, be able to run. Have, the, have an arm. Steph Curry, he can dribble. He can shoot. He's a pretty good passer, but he's small, smaller than most players because he's a, he's a guard, which is fine. <laughs> but a lot of people would argue that the Warriors and Steph Curry wouldn't be as good as they were if he didn't have the supporting cast of Klay Thompson who is also arguably already a top five shooting player in the history of the NBA. Plus Draymond. Plus Andre Iguodala when he was really good with them. 
had Kevin Durant for a couple years on Golden State? I don't know. We've all talked about it, but the teams that LeBron James used to take to the NBA Finals and has still taken to the NBA Finals, I mean, that's historical type stuff. Individual performances all around. Not just, I scored 50 points because I shot the ball 70 fucking times. And it's good. He's making the shots, right? He's, he's one of the best to ever do it. As far as shooting goes. Strictly shooting. Now, if Steph, if Steph is able to somehow magically become more physical and get in the paint a little bit more and score tougher buckets, mid-range jumpers, versatile aspects of his game, takes home another MVP, maybe another NBA Finals, then we can start talking about it. Because sooner or later, if he goes back to the NBA Finals without Clay or Draymond, like one or the other, like one of those guys isn't on the team, and he wins the Finals again and gets another uh, Finals MVP, then maybe we can start talking about top 10 ever. But I don't think so. Not quite. Not quite. No disrespect. Just not quite. But the Warriors won the NBA Finals, so good for them. Steph got his fourth ring. Uh, I don't know. It's really hard. Because, again, we talked about it, but I'm just not really sure it's... I, I just, I don't know if dynasties are good for leagues and sports. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're good. It's not a, it's not a knock on the dynasty themselves. You can't knock a, a team or organization or players for being great. What? I mean, you can't. But I don't know... Uh, I don't know if dynasties are good for team for the leagues. Because I would I would consider Golden State a dynasty at this point. But I don't know if that's good for the league. Just it's not it's not super entertaining. You're not keeping a lot of other fan bases involved. When there's one team. Whether it's the Patriots, whether it's Golden State, whether it's the Yankees in the late nineties. It kind of disengages the rest of the competing teams uh, that have to play against those those dynasties. I mean, there is nobody in the American League, not one team in the American League from 1995 to 2000 that thought they had a chance to get to that World Series because the Yankees just shit on everybody. There wasn't anybody, certainly in the AFC East, but most of the AFC was expecting to play, having to go through Tom Brady and the Patriots to get to the Super Bowl and knew that there's a chance they had to play in New England in the AFC Championship and that they were probably going to lose. But when you're a team like the Jets or, I mean, I don't know, the Dolphins, the Bills, I know they're all in the AFC East, but even 
some of the mid-range teams or middle tier, like you had to show up and just dominate and be an unbelievable force to even just kind of compete with these teams. So it it's not a knock on them. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's good for them. Steve Kerr, definitely top top five coach of all time, probably. But I don't know. I don't know if it's good. Hopefully next year the NBA is a little bit more entertaining and we can get some, uh, you know, competition. Whether that's for Memphis, Dallas, Denver, Phoenix, somebody has to be able to challenge Golden State, man. But when they get on this run, like, they scored 21 unanswered points in game six of the NBA Finals. They had a 21 to nothing run. Maybe it was 22. 21 22. Nothing run. What? How the fuck does that happen? How the fuck do you give up 21 straight points to a team? Like, once it gets to like 15 to not, like a 15 to no run, give the ball to your biggest fucking dude. (laughs) Give it to a, find your biggest guy, your center. Give him the ball at the top of the key and tell him to run the defender over and jam it down his throat and just put the ball in the hoop or get fouled. You know how much, you know, often guys get fouled at the NBA? Drive the paint, draw contact, get fouled, make some free throws, stop the momentum. 21 in a row, 21 points in a row. You lose, game's over. Stupid, man. How do you, ugh, stupid. I know that they're a momentum team too. I mean, they might be the greatest, like, momentum, pure momentum riding team uh, in the history of the fucking world. I just, dude, I've never seen a team, I've never seen a team, like, they bang two threes in a row, and and then they get a turnover, make another basket, and it's just, you're just like, oh my god, we're fucked. It's just this giant ball of f- momentum and unguardable players and off ball movement they are like we can't stop them we can't stop them from scoring all they're doing boom Steph Curry three inbound the ball couple of passes turnover fast break straight ahead to clay lays it in foul and one fuck makes the free throw inbound pass Warriors make play incredible half court defense. Have to jack up at three at the end of at the end of the shot clock. Back rim bricks it. Nobody on offense is anywhere near the ball for rebound. Warriors get it back on the run. Steph Curry up ahead to Clay Thompson. Shot fake drives the paint, kicks it back out. Jordan Poole wide open three. Bang again. Twelve nothing run. You're just like, dude, I can't. Uh, I can't stop it. I can't stop it. It's unreal, dude. And they go on these runs, too. I'm watching them. And they, like I said, some guy will drive the paint and kick it out. And it's like, it's like Jordan Poole, Steph, or Clay, one of them, kicks it out to one of the other ones. And they're just, like, wide open. And then it doesn't hurt, or it doesn't help, I should say, that even then, like, you have momentum, finally put together maybe a good defensive possession. Steph Curry does fucking Harlem Globetrotters behind the back, between the legs, dribbles it through the guy's legs, back around, three circles, 
and then just turns around and fires a half court shot and banks it in or just nothing but net. It's like, dude, fuck. Guys are unstoppable, dude. Unstoppable. Those three, they're on the court and they're healthy. They're playing together at the same time. Come the time of the playoffs, nobody's going to stop Golden State. So the longer they can keep that together, the more championships they're going to win. It's a realistic chance they win next year and the year after and the year after and the year after if they keep those guys. But Steph is not top 10 all time, and he's going to take a little bit more for him to get there. It doesn't mean he can't be. It just means he's not right now. Other championship news, if you will. The Stanley Cup. Avalanche Lightning. Colorado Avalanche are up two games to none on Tampa Bay. Beat them in game one of the series. I believe it was four to three with an overtime a goal for the avalanche to take game one and then game two uh, lightning forgot to show up seven nothing avalanche beat him i was waiting for the lightning to come out of the locker room seriously Av scored i think three in the first or four in the first one in the second two in the third something like some some mixture of a ridiculous amount of goals uh so I mean the light the the Lightning are a good team, two-time defending champions, but when it's all said and done, the Avalanche right now are the Kansas City Chiefs with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. The defense, it's not that great. But the reason their defense is so effective to the point of shutting them out in game two is because they were just putting up so many fucking goals always on offense always on offense always scoring always scoring so high powered so fast so much action going on they are the golden state the kansas city chiefs of the nhl and the avalanche are up two games to nothing back in tampa bay tonight tonight I don't know what's going to happen. My money is on. Mm, I want to say the abs are going to lose one of these next two in Tampa. Cause it's just kind of the home ice ordeal. But if the abs win one of the two games in Tampa Bay, whether it's game three tonight or game four on Wednesday, it is over. Like, over, over. Way done, done and gone over. Because they win one of the first two, one of the two in Tampa Bay, I should say, games three or game four. They're going to be back at home for game five on a fucking Friday night in Denver. Come on. I'm not going to lose that game. So go Avs, baby. Go Avs. We're an Avalanche podcast. We are literally 100% avalanche only dedicated podcast so go abs two games to nothing tampa bay 
tonight. Avalanche, I think, odds to win the championship. Their gambling line to win it all is like minus 650 or something crazy like that. They're actually not favored tonight. See, now I got to check on it. Tampa Bay, it looks like it's about even. They're about, it's about even. Um, Tampa Bay minus 110. So I'm sure the abs are probably either at minus 110 also or minus 107 or something ridiculous. But go abs, baby. Go abs. Let's go. Let's get that ring. Back to Denver. And. Back here. Denver's going to get a championship ring. Most likely. Most likely. Right. I mean, you think. It brings us to this topic. Denver will have the Avalanche ring if the Avalanche win. If, if, if the Avalanche win in 2022, they'll have an Avalanche ring in 2022. They'll have a Bronco, Denver Broncos ring in 2015, 16, 2016 Super Bowl. They'll have back to back Avalanche championships. Uh, in the early 2000s. They'll have back-to-back -back Broncos championships in the late 90s. Uh, this list I'm looking at here has them down for two championship wins. But that's not right. Let me see here. They won two. And I, I was mistaken when I said back to back, but 96 and 2001, the Avalanche have two championships. I know the Broncos have three. So this little fucking bullshit article is wrong. This is a Forbes article. Uh, what in the hell? Oh, okay, I thought they had Denver 30th. Okay, no, no, no. No, 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 no. What city is the best sports city in the United States? I feel like it's a two-horse race. But with Golden State closing out the NBA Finals and the Colorado Avalanche, who play in Denver, potentially closing out the Stanley Cup, it opens up that conversation. Because then you bring San Francisco into the equation, and they have a ton of championships. Denver will have six if the Avalanche win it. 
and they only have four sports teams and all those sports teams haven't been around for as long as these other huge cities. But Boston's got to be number one for me with the Red Sox, the Patriots, the Celtics, the Bruins. As a city, as a city, they have 38 total championships in their history combined with all those four sports teams. That is a shit ton. It's also harder for me to give a city more of a nod if they have multiple representatives from the same area. Chicago, for example, would probably be in the top three. But it's hard when they have the Cubs and the White Sox, who both had huge droughts, by the way. But with two teams in the same city, it knocks it down a little bit. That's why I think I have Chicago at number four. I have, after Golden State winning it, I I think I got to have San Fran in that group. The 49ers dominated, won a bunch of championships in the 80s and 90s. Golden State's got four rings. The Giants won three in five years recently. I got to go San Fran as the number two best sports city in the United States. I think I'm going to go Philadelphia three because of the sports prominence. Eagles one run recently. The Eagles won one recently. The the Phillies won one in the last 20 years. 76ers have been really solid. I got Philly three. So my my cities go Boston, San Fran, Philly, Chicago, Denver at five. And then LA is not in my top five only because they have so much shit to choose from. You can't knock Kobe and the Lakers, but uh, come on guys, especially now. Yeah. Okay. The Rams just won the Super Bowl, but Rams are in St. Louis like three years ago. Okay. They have like combined a lot of championships. I, I would hope so. Lakers, Clippers, Dodgers, Angels, LA Kings, Anaheim Ducks. Now you got the Rams. Now you got the Chargers. Okay. Okay, that's a lot. Okay. But when you got two fucking teams in each city, when you have two teams in each sport at one city, you're not going to, it's not going to be, it's not going to hold as much weight as the other ones. So Boston. What did I say? Boston. San Fran. Boston one. San Francisco two. Chicago. No. Boston one. Yeah. Boston one. San Francisco two. Philly three. Chicago four. Denver five. LA six. When it comes to sports. Just saying. Just saying. You know what? 
I was, yeah, I was wrong by a lot. By a lot. You know what? No, not by a lot. No, you know what? Fuck that. This list of top teams, top sports cities in the United States is based on what have you done for me lately? I've only been alive since 1997. So this is based on my life experiences. Boston has to be number one. San Francisco has to be number two. Denver, potentially number three. New York, probably number three. Chicago, probably four. Denver, probably five. Philly, probably six. And LA, probably seven. I feel like that's a pretty good list. Pretty good list. Boston 1, San Francisco 2, New York 3, Philly 4, Denver 5. Chicago 6. God, I've changed I feel like I've fucking changed this list so many times. My god. I've been going through this like crazy and then each each time I see a new City, I'm like, oh shit, should that be in there too? Boston is number one, for sure. Two, San Fran. Three, New York. Four, Chicago. Five, Denver. Six, Philly. Seven, L.A. That's my final list of the best sports cities in the country. For clip's sake and TikTok's sake, I'll give it to you one more time. These are the top sports cities in the United States based on my lifespan and what I've experienced since I've been alive. Boston, number one, far and away. Red Sox have won a bunch. The Patriots have absolutely dominated. The Celtics have won a couple. And the Bruins are no slumps either. San Francisco is number two. Golden State Warriors have four championships in the last eight years. The Giants had a big run. The 49ers have been pretty prevalent. And they've also won a couple Super Bowls. Been to a couple Super Bowls. And yeah. Number three, New York. It's harder because there's so many teams to choose from in New York. But the Yankees have dominated for such a long time. The Giants have a couple Super Bowls. The Rangers are a really good hockey team. The Knicks are, are decent. The Nets are really good. You got to put New York in the top three as a sports city. I got Chicago at four. Michael Jordan. That's all you got to say about the Bulls. The Bears have been pretty re- prevalent for the longest time. The Cubs won a World Series and broke a streak. I should say the Cubs won a World Series, ended a drought. The White Sox won a World Series, ended one of their droughts. The Blackhawks are a really good hockey team, so I got to go Chicago at four. I got Denver at five, and this is based on a potential Stanley Cup win 
for the Colorado Avalanche. But when you think about it, Broncos had two Super Bowls at the end of the 90s. The Avalanche had two uh, Stanley Cup championships at the end of the 90s, early 2000s. They're about to get another one. Broncos won in 2015. The Nuggets are on the way up, and they've had a couple really deep playoff runs. If the Nuggets or the Rockies find themselves winning a championship in the next five years, Denver might find their way in that top four sneaking past Chicago. Number six, we got Philly. I've seen a Philadelphia Phillies World Series in my lifetime. The Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. The Flyers are always pretty, pretty solid. And the 76ers are a good team, too. you got to go Philly at least, at least at six. And then number seven, I got L.A. That's partially a bias because I don't like the city, but also they have too many teams to choose from. Way too many teams. They also haven't had football up until four years ago for the longest time. So it's hard to give them a huge nod. The Dodgers only have one World Series since 1986, and it was COVID, so that doesn't count. The Lakers are really good. Kobe Bryant's the legend. Won them a bunch of titles. But the Clippers are eh. Now they have the Rams who just won the Super Bowl, but that's still eh, borderline. Chargers stink. Angels aren't very good. I got LA at seven. So my top seven, Boston, San Francisco, New York, Chicago, Denver, Philly, LA, as far as the best sports cities in the United States. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Probably repeated myself there a few times. Wanted to get the point across. Wanted to make sure everybody knew where I'm coming from, what I was saying. And that's going to do it. So thank you guys for tuning in to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, episode number 28. My name is Ryan again. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Check us out on social media. Check us out on Patreon. You'll get told that here on the outro in a second. We appreciate you guys supporting the show, tuning in as always, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Want more? Follow us on social media and subscribe to Patreon for exclusive content. 